The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Heather McMahon. I'm an actress, comedian, living at home with my mother. On the Absolutely Not podcast, we'll laugh, we'll cry, we'll probably prank phone call our ex-boyfriends because honestly, they were the worst. The thing that makes our podcast different is I get to hear directly from you. You can always pick up the phone and catch us on the Absolutely Not line. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a message, but of course, only if it's a nice one. Tune in to the Absolutely Not podcast, and I'll see you soon. Hey, it's Mariana. I'm the co-founder of Summer Fridays, and this is the Life with Mariana podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Robin Del Monte. You guys might know her on TikTok as Girl Boss Town, and I've been following her since basically she just started posting her content. We talk about in this episode how I was the first person or brand to gift her when she started posting because I just really appreciate so much of what she does and how she thinks Being somebody who has a brand and works on marketing and I'm also an influencer and creator, I feel like I relate to so many of the things that she posts and I learn so much from her. I'm just really interested to see her point of view on things and campaigns and ideas that she's coming up with. So this episode is great if you are a brand thinking about how to cut through the noise on social, how to market to a younger demographic, thinking about marketing and branding campaigns, or if you're a creator, some of the things that has worked for Robin in her own career, how she's evolved, branded herself, created a niche for herself and then how she went from a server to being a full-time content creator. So before we get into the episode, I'll do my little life update. And don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and follow on Spotify. I've got new episodes every single Tuesday. For my life update, we started with Summer Friday's holiday party, which Lauren and I walked into the room and looked around and saw the people. And Lauren was just like filled with emotion. And it was pretty incredible to see how much the brand has grown in the last few years. At our holiday party, we do something where we really want to acknowledge all of our employees and the team. And so we call up everybody by the year that they started so we can really acknowledge like, okay, thank you, this group of people for joining this year. So it's like class of 2023 and it's everyone who was hired this year. And then we have 2022 and 2021. And we can see kind of how it went back to the beginning of the company and how there was only two of us and we had two consultants at the time in 2016. And so, which is a really long time ago. And then slowly 2018, we hired like one person or maybe two people and then like somebody after that and how it just really grew. And we can think back to remembering like what that felt like when it was just a few of us at a table. And then the next year, how it grew a little bit more. It's such an incredible feeling to not only build a brand externally that so many of you know and hopefully love and use our products, but the company that we're building and the brand that we're building internally too. The next morning, a bunch of our employees had emailed us notes to say how grateful they were for the holiday party and to have this job and what the job makes them feel like. And then to hear from their spouses or friends or partners who just said like, oh, my partner loves this job so much. They're so happy to work there. I've never seen them so happy in a job before. It's such a fulfilling thing to hear. And so it was really special. At the end of the night, we said something and then we both started crying, just looking around the room at everybody. So it's such a blessing. And I'm so thankful to be able to do this and especially all of your support over this year and the support of Summer Fridays and each of the products. And we have a couple of really great things coming for you guys next year that I can't wait for you to see. But thank you so much for the support this year and the last few years since we launched the brand because it is so meaningful and I'm just so grateful for you guys. And then that weekend, I went to Mariah Carey at the Hollywood Bowl and it was so much fun. I feel like Mariah is kind of like the queen of Christmas and the holidays. And it's I feel like there's a TikTok or something where she's like falling on ice. And it's really like, okay, her time is here. And everyone was so happy and joyful 
They were dressed in holiday sweaters and hats and sparkles and just singing along. And it was so much fun. So I am a millennial and I grew up listening to Mariah Carey. And the first half of the show, she did a lot of her holiday songs. Then the second half, it was like all the hits. And I was like, I am back to like my sixth grade self, like singing these songs. Like it was just such a good time. It was such a great way to kick off the holiday season. And I actually made a Spotify playlist of the whole set list for that night. So if you want to listen to it, you can find it there. And those are my life updates for now. I have Thanksgiving coming up. By the time I'm recording this, Thanksgiving will have already passed. But I'm really excited just to be spending it at home in Los Angeles. And then I've got a really fun work trip coming up. So I have two more work trips left for the rest of the year, which I'm excited about. Um, there are two great places that I'm going to, and I'm excited for those. And I'm actually recorded for all my podcast episodes. So the end of January of 2024, isn't that crazy? I was so excited because January, I really think of like a time to reset that we're like thinking about things or if there's things you want to work on. Maybe you make listening to podcasts part of like your daily habits. So in January, I have episodes coming up on manifesting friendship. I have a friendship expert. She was amazing. It's actually going to be in two parts because it was so good. Somebody else talking about building habits. And then in December, what I'll do is I'll put up an episode about vision boards and goal setting, which I do this every single year. So I've got a lot of things coming up for you guys at the end of the year. And yeah, so that's pretty much my life updates. And I'm doing some fun giveaways on Instagram too. So be sure to follow me there if you're not already at Mariana underscore Hewitt. And you guys can join my broadcast channel there where I basically post giveaways almost every single day because I've got so much fun stuff to give you guys. So if you want to join, I will see you there. Now let's hear from Robin. So I've been following you for a long time. We were just talking about how long I've been following you. For people that don't know, when did you post your first PR prediction? That was in, uh, I would say, July of 2021. And you were one of the first people that followed me and or reached out, which was so surreal. So it's been around like two years that I've really been kind of doing this. And at the time and still a little while afterwards, you were still waitressing. Yes. Even when I got signed to my agent, I was waitressing. I didn't stop waitressing until December of that year. So like in January of 2023, it'll be like two full years of doing this full time. However, I was kind of unfamiliar with the industry. So I kept my waitressing job, which I originally got because I was going to go back to school even when I got signed to a big agent. So I was very much living a Hannah Montana life, (laughs) for sure. And when did you know it was time to quit your job? Because I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people might, maybe they get that first brand deal and they're like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is one check. This is time for me to quit. But it's not for sure yet. That is a really good question. And honestly, I wasn't super financially literate in this industry when it comes to Even if you get a brand deal, sometimes it takes 30, 60 to 90 days to get paid. So you would see these offers coming in and these money be like, oh, I'm set. I have this. But those don't come in for three months sometimes, even after the last post that you need to do. So it was kind of hard to figure out, Okay, at this amount of time, I'm going to be fully ready to be an entrepreneur, be financially stable and commit to this as a business. I don't know if anybody can really pinpoint and be like, I'm ready now. So I had a certain amount of money in mind that I wanted to have in my bank account before I fully did this, but I don't even think that could prepare me for what I was getting into. But I also thought I'm kind of a risk taker in general. So I was like, you know what? Sometimes you have to take risks to fully pursue your passion. And at that point, I was traveling for my job and I couldn't be like coming home from LA and wait. It just got to be too much. And like we said before, I wanted to fully devote myself to this to see if it could be possible. So I took that leap and thankfully it was successful and worth it. But I also think that 
that's not the case for everybody. And it's hard to just be like, yeah, quit your day job and pursue your dreams because there are bills and there is responsibility and there are things that hold people back and tie people down. So I feel really fortunate and lucky that I was able to do that. But yeah, it was around in January of 2022. Did you get recognized when you were waitressing? Once, once, one time. And nobody at my work knew really at first because I worked for a very five-star, super intimate restaurant. There was only like seven or eight tables, old school dining. So I was like, I'm not gonna bring this up. I was actually kind of scared of a lot of the staff there. I mean, some were amazing, but it was very, I don't know. I wasn't super talkative about my extracurricular activities when it comes to social media. But then I started to open up and one person recognized me and I was like, oh my God, this is so surreal. I know that for me, I learned something from any job I've had, whether it was retail or working Mm -hmm. in restaurants, all leading up to the career Mm -hmm. I have now. What do you think you learned as a server? Oh my gosh, so much. So my uh, dad actually was in the restaurant industry. So I grew up in the restaurant industry my entire life. And he always said to be successful in life, friendship and relationships, you need to have a waitressing job. So I would go into the restaurant with my dad from when I was born on. And I started working at 14, 15 as a host. I learned so much. I think I learned that you can't always have control over a situation, but how you react is really important. How to deal with different types of people, how to take an adrenaline and a rush and turn it into success rather than stress. And I just think, I mean, if you guys have seen Vanderpump Rules, you learn a lot learning at a restaurant. So I learned a lot. I saw you pass pump on the way here. Yes, it's so crazy because I'm such a massive Bravo fan and a Vanderpump Rules fan. And when you see the alley in real life, it's just, I I said it was like seeing a teacher at the grocery store. It's surreal. I get my hair done at the place where they're opening the sandwich shop and people are already like driving by and coming. It's not even open yet, but people are, I saw a Hollywood bus going by today and like stopped or like roll down. (laughs) I'm literally getting my hair done. So it's it's very funny being here. It's crazy. Yeah. So have you always had a love and I feel like for you, a natural talent of PR and marketing, is this kind of how your brain always thought? I don't know if it's for PR and marketing, but I do think it's for like emotional intelligence and feelings and storytelling. Because I think even when I was younger and when I was in school, I wasn't a good student due to a couple different circumstances, but I always loved and was drawn to marketing and history and because in pop culture, because in a sense, it's like storytelling and tapping into human emotions and history. I just I loved all of that. So it's definitely always been a passion. And I always say that the TV was my babysitter growing up because I was raised in a sense by a single mom and I watched so much TV, which people think is vapid and not a good thing, but it ended up giving me a career. So I think a mixture of a little bit of a mixture of everything, but it has always kind of been my passion. I've always been an ideas girl, I think the biggest. And I didn't really know how to execute those ideas when I was younger, but it got me to where I am now. So yeah. And you've always loved that. And you wanted to Mm -hmm. have a job there. You were trying to apply to different jobs, but you were getting discouraged Mm because you weren't being hired at these places because you didn't have the experience. Yes. And I think that that is kind of a universal experience a lot of the time um, where being in the creative industry as a creative, there's so many different ways in which you can showcase your talent and communicate that. But even still in creative positions, they're asking for traditional resumes with years and years of experience, which is needed a lot of the time. But it's hard to gain that experience when you don't have it. So it's kind of like an endless cycle. But that's why I kind of created and put out my work in a digital resume format, which led me to where I am now. So 
it's been great. And for people who aren't familiar mm-hmm. with your content, how do you explain yeah. what it is? I love coming across it and being the branding marketing person myself. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, these ideas are so good. And I'm like, I don't even know how you think of these things. Yeah, I feel like it's almost like a that's so raven. Sometimes ideas just come to my brain and I brained up it. But to put it into technical terms, Girl Boss Town and the content I make is content about social strategy, creative direction, and trend forecasting for brands, celebrities, and even myself sometimes. So I look at the current digital landscape and really give my opinions on everything that's going on when it comes to marketing, branding, and advertising. Talk a little bit of pop culture here or there, but for the most part, I love to inspire people to share their ideas and their opinions on that side of the industry and what happens behind the cameras just as much as what happens in front of the cameras. And sometimes your reaction is so fast. Like I will have seen like a campaign be announced and I feel like 15 minutes later, you already have a reaction. Are you just like seeing something and just opening the phone? Well, something that subconsciously happened that I think is my greatest, one of my greatest accomplishments is now when people think of campaigns, they think of Girl Boss Town. So whenever any campaign comes out, I'm consistently getting tagged in it and they want my opinion, which is extremely powerful and such a cool thing to have as a platform that when people think of creativity and campaigns, they think of me and want to know my opinion, which is amazing. So I have the help of my audience to help me like get on top of that super quickly. But back in the day, not back in the day, but uh, like with the Met Gala and with carpets, I used to pump that content out so fast. Like you said, like the second after it was posted, I would get anxiety if I didn't speak on it. I've slowed down a little bit now, but still I try to stay on top of it as best as I can. What campaign recently have you seen or collaboration or launch or something that like really grabbed your attention? I loved the Gap Love Shack Fancy collab. I love the brand Vacation so much. And they did kind of a collab with Grutman. And I thought that was so cool because their branding is already like chef's kiss. I'm trying to think of something maybe that happened at Fashion Week. So this isn't even just sometimes I'll see branding. That's great. And it's not even like this super creative approach. But David Yerman, their last campaign, the Sterling Cable campaign, where they tapped all different types of creators and audiences that just made so much sense. And even though all the different people they tapped were so different, it was still cohesive, but told a story. They tapped Sophia Ritchie and like a Kennedy Urich. Like all of those creators are so different, but the campaign just made so much sense. And I'm not even a super, I'm not super into David Yearman or jewelry. And I was being drawn to it. So I feel like even when I find myself getting drawn to things that maybe I wouldn't necessarily be just because of how it's being communicated to me is really great and amazing. So I want to talk to you guys about my dream holiday getaway. I love to travel this time of year. I like to go somewhere that's a little bit cold because it really puts me in the holiday season because living in Los Angeles, we don't really get that feeling here. So I like to get away. Don't miss your chance to get away this season and fill your sleigh with gifts from Way. Way's best-selling hair and body products are the best gifts for effortless routines, perfect for you and everyone on your list. I've used their products ever since the brand launched, and I like them because they not only work on my hair and make my hair feel great, but also on my body too, and they really just transport you away with the most beautiful scents. They also make really great holiday gifts. I already bought the scalp shampoo for a friend. It was something that I needed too. And I actually used the scalp serum this morning on my hair because my scalp was just feeling a little bit dry. There's a couple things that I think you guys will love for everyone on your list with a couple of Waze bestsellers. For your fast fix for healthy hair, there's their hair oil. It's a multitasking oil that helps smooth frizz, which my hair is always frizzy when it gets to this time of year. For those on the naughty list, a leave-in conditioner. It helps with frizz, tangles, and flyaways and breakage for all hair types. 
When it's time to detox, the hardworking detox shampoo. It's a concentrated shampoo that cleanses product buildup, which I'm always putting like a little bit too much dry shampoo on my hair, trying to like get between washes. And if you're ready to get away, a fragrance that smells like your favorite city, they have sophisticated perfumes that are inspired by the world's most iconic cities like London and Paris. Don't miss your chance to get away this holiday season. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com for 15% off site-wide when you enter promo code Mariana15. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com with code Mariana15. I was working out with my trainer this morning and I was asking her, I was like, how do you get enough protein in in your day? Because even if I'm eating protein breakfast, lunch, dinner and snacks, I just feel like I really need to get enough. And we were both talking about our love of shakes and I've fallen in love with a new protein powder and I think you guys will love it too. If you guys haven't tried it yet, they have the best flavors, but you guys can use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first order. And the company is called Clean Simple Eats. And I love this brand because it's so creamy and smooth and it's got absolutely zero chalkiness. I know that you guys probably have tasted that before with protein powders and this one is so delicious. I'm a simple girl, so I like flavors like chocolate and vanilla. I feel like it mixes in with any kind of smoothie that I make at home, but they also have flavors like chocolate peanut butter, coconut cream, and cookies and cream. And I like to just mix this in the morning with like my almond milk. I also do some of it with like some oatmeal and I've already told so many of my friends about it and they have 26 delicious all natural flavors and you really can't go wrong with any of them. And another flavor is the mint chocolate cookie. My go-to smoothie recipe is like a non-dairy milk. I'll do a handful of spinach, chocolate protein, frozen cherries, and it just takes like a chocolate cherry dessert. It's so delicious. And I'm always traveling and I'm on the go, so I like to have packets with me. And they have a protein powder variety pack. This is a really great way too if you want to try a bunch of different flavors from them so you can see which one that you like the best. Their protein powder is always grass-fed. It's got no artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested, non-GMO, and gluten-free. And I love their high-ingredient standards. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use code Mariana at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com, code Mariana for 20% off your first order. One of the things that you're really great at too is predictions. <laughs> is I'm like, how? Because sometimes you'll predict something and then all these times it comes true. And I'm like, I don't know like what magic is happening in your brain. It's crazy because... I, when I'm speaking in like technical terms, I'll say it is trend forecasting, context clues, and just marketing and experience and being such a fan of these things. It's, it's kind of easy to predict these types of things, but sometimes it's just like out of left field and I have a very strong intuition. And I think that kind of goes into my birth chart, but I'm not sure if people really believe in all that type of stuff. But yeah, I would say half of it is just like trend forecasting, but half of it I get this urge and I, this has happened to me since I was young where I'm sure people can relate to this. Sometimes I'm like, I think of something and I'm like, okay, if I don't say this out loud and it comes true, nobody's going to believe that I said this. You know what I mean? So that's where it started where I was like, okay, I would see something about like Kylie Jenner be like, wait, I feel like this is going to happen. But then if it happens and I don't say this, people are going to be like, yeah, right. So I started posting it and then they all started coming true. And that actually built a lot of my audience as well. So when I'm guessing what Emma Chamberlain's coffee brand is going to do next and it happens, that's a little bit of trend forecasting. But when I'm saying that I think Kylie Jenner is going to pick up pickleball and she posts a picture with it four days later, that's when I'm like, okay, this is a little crazy. I love when you predict something and then you stitch it not too long later yes. and you're like, okay, well, it happened. Yes. And that gets negative and positive responses because sometimes people will be like, well, duh, this was going to happen. Like, blah, 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 X, Y, and Z. And then some people will be like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is incredible. I used to be self-conscious of celebrating my wins because of people's responses to that. But I've learned to kind of 
as best as I can quiet that noise and still celebrate the little things in life like that and be happy without kind of having other people's opinions affect that. Well, there's two sides of that. And I think how have you gotten comfortable with celebrating your wins? Because I know that's hard. We talked about imposter syndrome a little bit. It is uncomfortable, especially when we're celebrating them like outwardly Mm -hmm. with an audience. Yeah, I think that when I used to kind of self-sabotage a little bit and look into my hate and websites like Reddit and things like that, which is just so harmful. A lot of the pushback that I would get or hate that I would get would be like, oh my God, like she thinks she's this marketing expert and PR guru. Like every time she makes a video saying something came true, like it's low hanging fruit, like all these like really super negative things. So I was like, oh, or like Forbes 30 under 30 and the conversation around that where people are like, she paid to do that. And I'm like, I was like, I was waitressing. I was like, I I could, I was rolling silver. I was not paying Forbes 30 under 30. And even just celebrating that because that was a massive goal of mine. So much pushback and people making, not just about me, but about creators in general. And that did silence me for a little bit to feel like I shouldn't be celebrating my wins. But then I was thinking not only myself, but for my followers and other girls, it's doing them a disservice to make myself quiet because other people don't want me to be loud. And so I try and I would be lying to your face right now if I'm like, I don't let it get to me anymore. I celebrate. I still I struggle with it, but I think I owe it to myself and to my audience to celebrate the things in life that I have accomplished. Also, my mom passed away when I was 50. When she was 50, I think about that a lot too. And I think about how she would do anything to be back on earth celebrating even life's sad moments, let alone their wins. So I kind of try to focus on like the fact that I'm just lucky to be in the position that I'm in and the fact that I'm accomplishing these things is a win and to celebrate that and to not let other people silence that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I think it's so important to share that story too, because you never know what person you're inspiring with sharing that. And Mm -hmm. even when you're sharing about grief and your mom, I think Mm -hmm. it's even helpful for people, especially younger people. I think they're like, oh, my mom's being so annoying or my dad or something this. And by you sharing that, they're like, oh, my parents Mm -hmm. are here. should be so grateful or let me experience Mm -hmm. these things with them. And so thank you for sharing, you know, all the ups and downs in your life. Yeah. And I I also think that I volunteered at grief camp called experience camps, which I post about a lot. And most of the volunteers have lost a parent, sibling or loved one, but some haven't. Some of the volunteers who go to be a counselor and you might think not experiencing loss and being around people who have might be intimidating, but it's such an important lesson and why I post about my grief on my stories, even though not everybody has experienced it, is like it's taking away that taboo nature of speaking about it, that even though I'm speaking to you or to my audience and maybe they haven't experienced grief or loss yet, it's taking away that awkwardness. It's like if I feel comfortable with speaking about it and telling my story, it'll make other people feel more comfortable to listen and to be okay to be around those types of things and to take life lessons, like you said, and to give them perspective. So if I anyone wanted to get involved in those camps, where yeah. can they reach out? The website. So it's okay. experiencecamps.org. Or I, I used to say message me, but I want to for you guys to be able to get the best resources in a timely manner because I sometimes have a lot of messages. So either DM experience camps on social media or head to their website. Okay. I want to switch gears going back to your creativity. Mm -hmm. So how do you come out with Mm -hmm. this creative process? Like I saw a video recently that you posted and it was for an idea you had for L'Oreal shampoo. Mm -hmm. And you were like, we all had this like shampoo when we were little. The idea is like coming out of the bathroom and then you change and you're using it as an adult. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, what a genius idea. Mm -hmm. Where does this come from? How do you think of it? Yeah. So that one specifically, I was actually having a margarita with my friend Catherine in New York and she said the statement, like going back to my roots. And 
that statement, even though it didn't have to do with hair at the time, it just like clicked in my brain. And I was like, wow, that's a great slogan for a hair campaign. And then I was like, what would that kind of be about? And then I, I realized that I had recently switched to Aussie shampoo and conditioner and L'Oreal shampoo and conditioner after using a lot of expensive hair products. And they've been working really well on my hair. And I was like, you know, sometimes you have to go back to your roots and go back to the things that you had as a kid. It all kind of tied together. So that one, sometimes it's like a statement, a photo, a song, a feeling that inspires me. And then my brain kind of does the work. But if I'm feeling like I'm lacking creativity or like I have a job where I need to get creative, Pinterest is like my best friend and I'll put on old reality TV or a good playlist and just scroll Pinterest and get inspired. And half of it, I think, is like kind of strategic in a way. Like I'm saying, I do certain things to help me and allow me to be strategic. But then half of it, there is no really like math to the madness of like my creative process. But I would say after all those answers and things that I just said, the root of it is I'm usually inspired by other art. And art doesn't have to be like actual paintings, but like things on the sidewalk, stories, feelings, songs, I get super inspired by the things around me. And whenever you do that, are you like saving them on your phone? Notes. Do you have a notes? Okay. Notes app. <laughs> Everything on notes. notes I have a app is too. my most used app. If you went through it right now and like it's so, it'll just be like pages and pages and pages of like random ideas and like words and sayings and yeah, notes app for sure. And then when do you decide to take something from a notes app or an idea and post it. Because a lot of times like you will, and I see in comments, sometimes people are like, well, why are you posting all these free ideas online? But you're like, well, this is my content. So how do you decide what to share? So that is like the biggest argument that I get is not, not so much now because I've created a career out of it. But at the beginning, they're like, hello, like you're doing this for free. Like you need to be getting paid. But kind of like what I was saying before, putting my ideas out there for free got me into the rooms and the meetings that allowed me to get paid for those ideas. So it was kind of like me creating a digital resume in a sense. So even though I wasn't getting paid for it, it still had currency by showing that audiences were interested in these types of things and invested in my relationship with brands before they even happened. But when it comes to like when I'm going to post, I used to be super strategic and be like, I need to post three videos a day or like, okay, Wednesdays at seven o'clock. I used to do the math as we've probably all have tried to do. But now I don't have a method behind it because I feel like when I did, I was looking for results rather than creativity or people's opinions and feedback and dialogue and things that inspire me. It's like when I was thinking I need to post this idea at this time because of this, it's like that's results based, not based on, oh, I feel so inspired. I want to share this. And then for brands to want to cut through the noise on social. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like there's like the marketing, there's the campaign, there's the casting, there's all these things. Yeah. But then what we were talking about before, because it's like launches, like we want something to launch. We want it to do good on social. But what do you think now, especially with like Gen Z and TikTok, mm -hmm. what do you think makes something noticeable? Well, I always say you want your ad campaign to feel like a FaceTime rather than the guy at the kiosk at the mall who's chasing you down. And a lot of the times these, especially with Gen Z, and even though I'm not Gen Z, I'll include myself in this. You spend more time with these creators on your phone than with some of your best friends or family. <laughs> you legitimately create these bonds and relationships with people that you don't know based on trust because you spend so much time with them. And when it comes to brands sticking out on a platform to a Gen Z, 
they have to realize that they need to work with the creator to be a part of the creative, especially when it comes to tone and how you're speaking and relaying messages to your audience. Because these creators have built such trust with their audiences that allows them to take action off the apps to go and buy these products. So the way in which they approach their relationship with their audience is so important. And a brand's approach to their audience might be completely different, but the brand's messaging still needs to come across. And the creator's message still needs to come across. So that's why I think we really need to start working together more, not just on a brand deal, but on the community, on the message, on the tone and what needs to come out of that. And if you're a brand that doesn't want to work with influencers or creators and you want to put out content for your brand to stick out to a Gen Z, I would say have people on your team that are fluent in social media and have their finger on the pulse of what is relevant and cool because a lot of times you'll meet with a brand and four out of the five people in the room don't even have TikTok on their phone and they're trying to come up with a TikTok campaign, which no hate to that, but it's like, let's make sure we can speak this internet's inside joke and language to the people before we come out with these big strategies because that's first and foremost the most important And then also, maybe I'm old school, but I always say like, you're not selling a product, you're selling a feeling and you're selling a story. And even with Gen Z, who is said to have a shorter attention span and we're so used to scrolling, I still think you can get that across in that type of format. But you just really need to know your audience, know your message and know the current digital landscape. Can you believe that Christmas is less than a month away? I know that I did most of my shopping early. I got started a while ago. I started buying things because I knew that this time would come. But guess what? There are so many people on my list that I still need to buy gifts for. And I'm sure you are probably just like me. If you still need to find your gifts, if you're stressed, don't be. Get all the gift ideas at inspo using the Macy's Gift Finder. They've got a bunch of different ways to search for gifts like shop by price. So you can shop for gifts by budget, whether it's 25, 50 or Lux. Under Lux Gifts, one of the gifts that I love that I think you can never go wrong with is a fragrance. They have Chanel's Coco Mademoiselle here and they have it in a couple different sizes. So you can get six ounce, three ounce or one ounce. And I like that that also helps you kind of shop between a different price range. But it's such a classic scent that I feel like it's such a great luxury that you can give someone. It has notes of amber and it's just one of those classic things where you can buy a little luxury for a friend and a little luxury that isn't as expensive that's under $30 is the L'Occitane Cleansing and Softening Almond Shower Oil. I kept seeing this over and over again on TikTok and Instagram and I was like, okay, I finally have to try it. It smells so delicious. It leaves your skin feeling so soft. I love how it feels and how it smells. And somebody said they actually use it to shave as well. So I've got to try that next, but I love this product. You can also shop by gift list. Plus Macy's has curated unique lists for all the personalities in your life. Is your loved one a spa day enthusiast, an advent calendar lover, or a big sports fan? Macy's has got you covered. You can even get curated gift lists from your favorite influencers. You can also shop by category. So you can go by beauty, fragrance, jewelry and watches, handbags, accessories, and more. So check out Macy's.com slash gift finder to find that perfect present. Alex Earl was at Women's Wear Daily the other mm-hmm. day and she was speaking and she said they asked her and she was like, you have to show the results in the first like one to two seconds yes. because like people are scrolling so fast that if you wait to like bury it mm-hmm. a little bit, people just aren't even going to wait that long. Yes. I mean, that's me too. Cause I'll like, yeah. I, I do scroll pretty fast. And I, and I always tell brands too, uh, and people I work with and everybody, I have a list of my phone and I write down ads or videos that made me stop and feel something and what they were and why. So whenever I'm working from a consulting standpoint with a brand and we're trying to come up with something, I'm like, go home tonight and like scroll your phone and like, what made you stop? Like what literally made you stop and watch a video? 
whether it was like the music, there was a cute dog. I loved her skin. You know what I mean? And like, once you kind of come up with those reasonings, you can approach it so differently because you're like, sometimes you're so disconnected from what you're doing because I'll, I'll find myself the same way and we're like coming up with a campaign. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be this, this and this. And then I'm like, yeah, but if I was scrolling, would I stop for that? I feel like sometimes there is a disconnect naturally. So you, it's it's really important to make sure that you connect those docs and, and go back to what would you even stop scrolling for? And how are you working with brands now? Yeah, so I've been doing this for two years, like I said. And at first I tried everything and I was kind of like a sponge and I wanted to adapt and learn about this industry and figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. And that can also put a lot of pressure too, because I'm like, okay, I need to find my thing. Like, what is my one thing that I'm going to do good? And I feel like I was putting so much pressure on myself. And I feel like within the past six months, I've kind of gone back to like my roots and what Girl Boss Town is. And that is proving the point that sharing your ideas matter and creativity and relying a feeling and working with brands from a creative standpoint. So I'm working with brands currently on a consulting basis, and I'm going to be really kind of showing that process more in the next year and launching that almost as a not almost as a brand coming up. So look forward to that. But then I also work with brands in a traditional standpoint for traditional brand deals, then also like pop culture commentary and carpet work when there are carpets. But the thing I'm the most passionate about is kind of creating relationships with brands to allow me to go from creator to creative. And are any of the brands that you worked with, can you share any of the campaigns that you worked on? Like, is there anything like that's external? Mm -hmm. Is that more what you want to do now? I want to make the work that we do together external and kind of show that process to my audience, which is kind of what I'm working on. But There's three that come to mind that are all very different, but a creative approach and how we can work together. For example, there is this brand Hootsuite and they tapped me to do their social trends report and make kind of videos about their social trends report to sell to businesses and brands that use their software and to teach in college classes. So this it's not like I'm on a TV show or doing a traditional brand deal like on the red carpet, but a brand saw that how I translate to my audience about trend forecasting and social reports could be so beneficial to utilize in business classes and with businesses was super cool. And that was a new type of relationship in which a brand and I could work together. Bliss was the very first campaign that hired me that allowed me to do social strategy, creative direction, and basically run the entire Blockstar campaign and document and show that process, which was really cool. The, the Hill and 10 minute ad that went viral, they tapped me to kind of play the part of me being a trend forecaster and ad analysis and a social consultant in the ad by doing that. So there's been different ways and creative ways in which brands have worked with me in a non-traditional way. But on the back end, I'm really trying to build out that consulting business in a way that looks different than your traditional consulting agency and marketing agency that you would work with and kind of bringing that work to light to inspire audiences. And you've shared these on TikTok before, but what are some of the dream brands that you want to work with? My number one dream brand that I want to work with is Pinterest. I my like major, major goal is to like be a face of Pinterest because I feel like right now people think that Pinterest is just for planning weddings or recipes or decorating your kitchen. But I utilize Pinterest to fuel my creativity. I use it in in my business and it's the number one tool that I use to inspire and to build decks. So Pinterest is huge for me. 
Diet Coke. Those are two big ones just because those are products that I like love and drink every day or wear every day. And I also love the Julie brands. So Julie and Starface. I'm an investor in Julie and Starface. Yes. <laughs> so she's like my idol. And I love brands like that who take a taboo subject like contraceptive pill in pimples and utilize that and turn it into a incredible brand. So yeah, those are some of the ones that I really love. And She's amazing at branding, marketing, mm-hmm. copy, like everything, everything. She's it's- like literally my idol. And like I, we follow each other and message and stuff, but she, I just think She's like a dream. I know everything she does is like so great. It's so smart and it's like really stands out. Like we were Mm -hmm. talking about like how someone can stand out and it's them. And it's hard too, because like a lot of the times I'll have these ideas and they're so grand and, and, and I put them out there, but to really get through the red tape in the industry and to own a business and to like take the risk and do all of these massive creative things that people aren't doing. I feel like it's really hard to fully follow through and do all of that. And I think they do that so, so well. So, yeah. For a brand who's listening who maybe doesn't have a big marketing budget, mm-hmm. they don't have, they're not a famous brand, people don't yeah. know who they are. How can they come up with a creative campaign to, you know, break through the noise on social? Yeah, definitely. I always say like having a celebrity ambassador is incredible and having massive social media influencers work with you obviously works and is great. We've seen that it's a $21 billion industry, but what works just as well is products that work. It's like a celebrity endorsing a brand is great and people are going to want to buy that product because the celebrity's face is behind it. But people also, at the end of the day, want to buy products that work and that are useful and fit into their lives. So you don't need to have a big budget or a big celebrity or people to be influencing and selling your products if you truly believe in your product and it works. And just showcasing that and telling that story is huge. And also... TikTok is so incredible for that because when I started posting on TikTok and had like no followers, some of the first people that started following me, like you, you never know who's going to see your videos because they don't have to be following you to see your content. And it's not about how many followers you have. It's about who sees your videos. So I would say utilize platforms like TikTok that can push your content to people who could be so beneficial for your brand and for your business. And it's free to post on TikTok. So utilize things like that, tap into your creative side and also just showcase your passion, your story and show how great a product works. I've brought so much stuff from TikTok of brands I've seen like bras, bra tape, eyeshadow crease, something like if I've seen it on there, (laughs) end up buying it. And so it it really is like the best app for discoverability. 100%. And then we've talked a lot about this for brands, but I think there's so many things on here that we could do for like marketing PR branding ourselves as creators. Mm -hmm. How can we think about branding ourselves? Because I think people just think, okay, I'm just going to post, but like you Mm -hmm. are the brand of like Girl Boss Town. So I think of you for something. So how can we take that? So this is a question that I love to answer because a lot of the times people on panels or just like in interviews will be like, so I want to start posting. How do I find my niche? And I'm always like, you're answering the question yourself. You don't find a niche. You are the niche. Like it stumbles across it yourself organically and naturally. And that's what makes it special. And that's what makes it niche. Because if people try to find or become a niche or become a brand, and they're trying to be something they're not, they're doing the complete opposite of what they should be. And they're 
just fully pulling away from the potential that they have. I think that like making yourself and your personality and who you are into a brand is so difficult. I have the hardest time branding myself and the things that I do rather than when I work with other brands, because branding yourself, I feel like even though you know yourself so well, so difficult, hard to uh, look at yourself and value yourself in numbers and likability that can actually be detrimental to you. But when it comes to building a brand yourself, numbers games aside and imposter syndrome aside, I think the most important thing that you can do is, this is gonna sound so corny, it's gonna sound like a TJ Maxx sign, but like look inwards and see what fuels you, who you are on the inside and what you're genuinely passionate about and tap into those things that you'll never get sick of talking about. And by the way, those things can evolve too. Like I originally kind of started posting about pop culture because I thought that's what was going to make me go viral. And like I said, I was trying to fit into this box and find that niche. And that led to me talking about this side of the industry that I'm currently posting in. So I would say, stay true to your roots, start talking about the things that you're actually passionate about, not just what's trending and realizing that it's okay to evolve and to allow your audience to grow with you. And what creators do you think have done a good job branding themselves? Emma Chamberlain. I have made a couple of videos about this. I love her so much. I think that whenever Emma touches something, you're like, that is so Emma. A coffee brand, that is so Emma. Oh my God, she's the face of Canon. That is so Emma. Her architectural digest, her house is so Emma. And like somebody will see an outfit and be like, I got this. Sure, it's so Emma Chamberlain. And it just happened so organically, yet it's very hard to grow with your audience if you boom at a certain age. Because then when people when you start to not be that person who you were when you went viral, people hold weird resentment against that or like don't want you to grow. So to be able to seamlessly grow with your audience and go from posting in your room about pimples and crushes to being on the Louis Vuitton runway and still have the same audience be there for you for both is so impressive and is going to be taught in marketing classes in the future. And she's just somebody who I think has done it flawlessly. And I am obsessed. Well, I know you said it was hard to do this for yourself, but I want to end with, do you have a PR prediction for you? Okay. Yes. A PR prediction for myself. We'll do one that I feel like people wouldn't expect. I really want to develop and produce a television series and or book. I've had this concept for a while. Obviously right now is not the the time for that. But yeah, I I wanna get into writing more and I wanna be a New York Times bestseller, so. Amazing, well, let's you know, stitch this Manifest when you get that. your, yes, when I'll you make it. it. Like, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Where can everyone follow you and find you? At Town on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to subscribe to my podcast and rate and review because it would mean so much to me and follow me on Instagram at Mariana underscore Hewitt to see what episodes are coming up next. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.